0: This is the Sibling Library Podcast. You will know when to start listening when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. Well, welcome everybody to Chapter 4 of Sibling Library. My name is Julia. My name's Megan. And I'm Katie. Yay! <laughs> so Chapter 4 brings us to... November. Can you believe we've made it this far?
1: No, not with the year we've had. It
0: just gets weirder and weirder. Yeah. But along with November comes Thanksgiving. Woo! And the start of the holiday season. Today we're going to do a quick roundup of some cookbooks that we're thankful for. So why don't we start with Megan? Okay. Okay. Um, so mine are
2: actually all ebooks. Um, they're by my favorite YouTuber whose name is Kate Flowers. My favorite she's done, she's vegan, so all of her cookbooks are vegan. Um, her two most popular ones are called Freedom Food One and Freedom Food 2.0 or something along those lines. Um, and one of them is all raw vegan and the other one is some raw and some, Cooked vegan meals, and I myself am not vegan. But some of her recipe, well, all of her recipes that I've tried are extremely delicious. But my favorite cookbook of hers actually came out within the last couple months, definitely during quarantine. Um, And it's called Sauce Queen because she uh, when Sauce
1: Queen,
2: yeah (laughs) when (laughs) when she was making her other cookbooks, she found that she just really enjoyed creating sauces. Um, So this one has just, I want to say like 48 recipes um, just for sauces, dressings, there's um, some sweet ones to go for dessert, there's dressings to put on salad, there's sauces to put on pasta, like just so many different ones. Um, My favorite one so far has been the creamy balsamic, which is made with tahini and a bunch of different types of vinegars and But essentially, her goal with this book was to create um, recipes for dressings to make, you never say that a salad is boring, and also um, recipes that are really super easy and have ingredients that shouldn't be difficult to find. Um, So I really enjoy it. Um, Again, it's by Kate Flowers. Um, If you're interested, check it out. I
1: really like the concept of that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because you can just really make some like stuff
1: ahead and, like, make simmer sauces that are just ready for, you know, adding flavor to whatever it is you're going to be cooking. I think that's mm-hmm. that's a really neat concept. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And I haven't made it through, obviously, the whole uh, cookbook, but every one that I have made so far has been really good. And most of them are with, like, really good whole food type ingredients so it's not like you know you're making a salad and putting a ranch dressing on top of it and then all of a sudden you don't feel good about eating your salad right Um, they're all with like nutrient dense ingredients so yeah nice
1: very Mm -hmm. nice
2: Katie Katie you're up
1: all right um full disclosure I had a rough time coming up with ideas for this show. <laughs> um, but I, I I came up with a couple. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, don't, don't not to worry. I have something. Um when I was thinking about cookbooks specifically, I I'll start off by saying I can't endorse any of the recipes in this cookbook because I don't remember ever eating them. <laughs> but I remember this book being around the house all the time because um, our our mom was always trying to find ways to cook for us, make us all happy, and in a family where all of us were going in different directions pretty much every day between different sports and different things that we were involved in. So she she had a challenge on her hands. I don't know how she got her hands on this book, but it just was like perfect for her and her situation. <laughs> it's called Desperation Dinners. <laughs>
2: Um, also just uh she does not like to cook so on i was not (laughs) trying to put her on blast but yeah (laughs) but on top of having a challenging like set of people to try to cook for she just doesn't really like to cook yeah as well so yeah this book was good for her
1: it stresses her out a little bit a little bit like that's why the word desperation i mean is very pertinent to (laughs) her approach to cooking Mm -hmm. um but it, it just was very fitting, and I, I know that she did cook some from there, but it there, it was the sort of thing where it wasn't anything that was done regularly enough that I remember it. Um, there was a lot of uh, Little Caesars pizza and um, Burger King
0: was in it, our lives back then. No, it was, it was Pizza Hut, wasn't it? Was that the...
1: Little Caesars was the, the Bigfoot. Remember, she was the Bigfoot was it, lady? I,
0: I think it was Pizza huh?
1: No, Little Caesars was was um was the Bigfoot pizza. It was just the only way we could function at the time. But anyway, this book is um the the idea behind it is uh similar to what Megan was talking about in terms of, you know, lots of uh, recipes that have very accessible ingredients and not really long prep time. Um so it was meant to be a time saver and and something that you can throw together quickly on a weeknight when everyone's running around. So, um, I just remember that fondly because it, it just was very fitting for the situation (laughs) that we Mm -hmm. had on our hands. So, um, that was, that was mine. The other one I wanted to mention was one that I encountered as I started myself to learn to cook, um, as a young adult. And this one is called five ingredient fix by Claire Robinson. And I, um, learned about her watching the, uh, the food network. Uh, that's how I taught myself to cook was watching all those shows. And her show just made a lot of sense to me because she would show you how to making, make recipes, um, and make meals with, um, any, any dish that she made was five ingredients or less. Um, so it made like the shopping part of it really simple and, um, you didn't have to search for a whole lot of ingredients to make something really good. And, and the techniques were what, what made it good. As long as you were buying quality ingredients, it was, um, it felt less overwhelming to learn it that way. So that's my second one. And those are the two that I brought.
0: Nice. And I do want to mention, I am fact checking. It was Pizza Hut. <laughs> 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 that had The Bigfoot pizza. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Just because little Caesar didn't wear shoes but i remember (laughs) the pizza pizza and this little caesar would
1: stamp his foot down Uh, where are you getting your information
0: well obviously google well (laughs) it says pizza hut rolled out an expensive ad campaign and even bought a blimp to promote the bigfoot but a few years later the fad was over
1: i feel like my whole childhood is a lie
0: we used, I mean, we used to have Little Caesar pizza every now and then, but once the Bigfoot pizza came out, we did that a lot. Hmm. Maybe and that's once, why I'm confused. Yeah, and then once Costco got pizza, like, forget about it. Yeah.
2: Okay,
1: hold on. I'm reading,
0: who made the Bigfoot pizza? All Little
1: Caesars locations carry Pepsi products. In 1996, they introduced pizza by the... F- But which is not the same thing, but it's not mentioning Pizza Hut here, which is odd in that response. Hmm.
0: Should I go get mom for a footnote? Yes. Yeah. Hello, mom, and welcome to Sibling Library. Thanks for recording this little footnote with me. I have a question for you. We had a, a bit of a kerfuffle with differing memories of something that used to happen in the past regarding Bigfoot Pizza. Do you recall what restaurant this Bigfoot Pizza came from? Oh it came from Pizza Hut. It cost five dollars. It was a
1: huge rectangular pizza. Katie wouldn't remember because she was always down getting ready to play softball with dad and you and Megan would be with me going to Pizza Hut to pick it up. We'd go to the game, I'd put out a blanket, and you two would sit there eating your dinner. No plates required, no knives, no forks. All we needed was a napkin. And yeah, you guys would sit there for quite a long time eating pizza, which kept me gave me the ability to watch some of the game. And then we all finished it when we got home. No dishes, no cooking. It was awesome, $5. Pizza Hut.
0: Mom's favorite dinner, easy. Thank you, Mrs. Bigfoot.
1: That's what your dad said, that they must have called
0: me at Pizza Hut, Mrs. Bigfoot. (laughs) All right. And that brings us to a close on this footnote. Thanks, Mom. All right. So for my cookbook, I am in Mom's camp of not really liking to cook. So this was way harder for me to pick a cookbook. Um, But I have the perfect one to talk about. Um, It is called Pull Up a Chair, Recipes from My Family to Yours by Tiffany Thiessen, who um, especially people our age would recognize from Saved by the Bell, Mm -hmm. which was one of our favorite shows growing up. She played Kelly Kapowski. And she put out a cookbook a few years ago. Let's see when this was released. 2018, so two years ago. Um, And I bought it because she was doing a book signing up in Folsom. So I drove very far to go to this book signing. um, And she was very lovely. She was very cute. Um, I might have some audio from that, which I'll insert here.
1: A passion of mine since I was little. Um, I uh, was that little girl peering around the corner, wanting to be in the kitchen with the women in my family, my mom and my grandmother and my aunts. And um, and so that's kind of where it started. I do just And so it kind of developed into then traveling um, a lot and going to different countries um, for a little show you probably never heard about called Saber the Bell. Yeah. <laughs> Couple years ago, (laughs) it doesn't to me. (laughs) Um, So um, I started falling in love with different cuisines and learning about food from other countries. And then, um, you know, as I got into my twenties, I started to. There is wine here. What you're holding? Anyway,
2: sorry.
0: Um, (laughs) It's like cheese and wine. I sidetracked. But, yeah, Katie met me up in Folsom, and we had the pleasure of meeting Kelly Kapowski. Yeah, she was very sweet. She was very sweet. Um, and I can endorse. I've only made I, – well, I didn't make it. Katie has made. <laughs> I was going to say. one. us check that. Yep. Katie has made one recipe out of this, and we've had it for the last two Thanksgivings, actually. Um, It is the Honey Roasted Carrots and Parsnips. So good. It's so tasty. It makes a really great uh, addition to your Thanksgiving table. Um, So I would, because of copyright and stuff, I'm not going to share the recipe. But um, it's possible she has it uh, listed on her website. So I would Google Honey Roasted Carrots and Parsnips um, Tiffany Thiessen. T-H-I-E-S-S-E-N. And you won't be sorry. Is it is it very hard to make, Katie?
1: No, it's not. I, I deviated a little bit from her cooking instructions only because... When we're doing Thanksgiving and there's so many sides, there there's a limited real estate on the stovetop, so <laughs> I I bake it and roast it instead of on the stovetop, which is what the the recipe recommends. But it it turns out great. Oops. You just get get that honey and soy sauce and carrots all caramelized. It's really really good. Caramelized.
0: Yeah. Caramelized. <laughs> <laughs> Tiebreaker, um, Julia. <laughs> I just said caramelized oh All right i'm on an island <laughs> sometimes yeah. it bees like that a little caramel island <laughs> in the caribbean uh the caribbean <laughs> oh uh. boy before we get too far off of our path pretty much only a book signing from somebody that i really like would get me to buy a cookbook so thank you tiffany Thiessen. your cookbook is great All right. So now, why don't we get into our main conversation. Um, And with Thanksgiving coming, a lot of people are thankful for their families. And since we just started a podcast together, we thought it would be a good idea to kind of specifically focus on sisters. Since, you know, we're kind of sisters completely you notice how <laughs> how it like pained her
1: to say that it's because she's thankful for her sisters that she yep. wanted to yeah I, I figured you picked up on that too julia uh, megan
0: mm-hmm. uh, so yeah we're gonna <laughs> we be talking we yeah. know it <laughs> we're gonna be talking about books about sisters um maybe books that we have read in the past or books that we want to read but yeah we're gonna focus on sisters and being thankful for them or whatever um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we'll go in the same order. So Megan, take us away. All right.
2: Um, so I have three that I'm going to talk about. Um, I'll start with the one that I've read the most recently. It's called When We Believed in Mermaids by Barbara O'Neill. Um, and this one is actually kind of an example of, a a sisterly relationship that I did not relate to at all. Um, And I think it's just because, and it it made like in the beginning of the book, it starts off with um, one of the sisters uh, thinks she sees her, her sister on TV and it comes out that you find out that she's under the impression that her sister had passed away in Europe, in a terrorist attack several years earlier. Um, but she was convinced that she had faked her death. And I think in, like, the very next chapter, you find out that the sister had faked her own death. Um, and so the rest of the story is the, sis- the original sister trying to find the one that had faked her death. Um, and it just... I didn't relate to it for a long time in the story, but eventually you find out that they had a very very dysfunctional upbringing. Um, so it kind of made sense why the sister would fake her own death. But I, as I was reading it, I was kind of like, I, I can't imagine a sister who loved her sister ever being okay with pretending to be dead and not at least telling the sister. Like, I could never – I it didn't – did not compute. Um, <laughs> so that was – That was the first one, and I'll kind of leave it at that. It was a great read. I really actually enjoyed the book, but looking at it, just the sisterly relationship, um, I was like, "Eh, that doesn't feel realistic to me and my situation. Obviously, I am very privileged in having a very functional family dynamic and very loving um, home life. Or whatever. Or whatever, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah. Um, the next one I want to talk about is, um, The Hunger Games. Um, and this one, I didn't, I don't remember really feeling this way as I was reading it, but kind of reflecting on it, um, thinking about getting ready for this conversation. Uh, just, you know, the, the sisterhood between Katniss and Prim, um, made me, made me feel kind of seen as a younger sister, um. Because I, I've i always... I'm very lucky I have two older sisters. Um, so Katie can probably, I mean, I'm assuming, can probably relate to Katniss in this situation. I can relate to Prim, and Julia's in the unique situation of probably feeling like she could relate to either. Um, but when Prim's name is called to join the the Hunger Games, um, I, before, I mean, there's that iconic moment of, you know, Katniss, I volunteer as tribute! But... <laughs> Like before that happens, um, you know, Prim is very set and okay. I'm gonna do this. She starts walking up to the stage, and it's not written from her perspective, but I imagine that all she's thinking about is I have to make Katniss proud, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like I kind of wonder what it would like because the night before uh, the 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 lottery, I can't remember is that what they call it? The lottery. I think so. Um, Yeah, the lottery, the night before the lottery, um, there's the, the interaction between Katniss and Prim, and Prim is, like, very worried about having her name called, and obviously Katniss is the one that should be more worried because Katniss's name is in the lottery way more times than Prim, but in that moment, Katniss is being very strong for Prim, and Prim is being very weak, and... Worried and because she has Katniss there to lean on. And then when the lottery actually happens, she has that strength that Katniss gave her the night before. Mm-hmm. And I've f- like, I can very much relate to that. Um, having two older sisters who have set wonderful examples for me. Um, um, yeah. So
1: I don't know. That was very well articulated, Megan. I hope we oh, never you. have to face any. <laughs> situation quite like that but yeah definitely yeah i can see the parallels that you're drawing most definitely
2: yeah um and then i'm gonna move on to my last one unless either of you had anything you wanted to throw in there
1: nope i can't follow that okay
2: (laughs) Um, you're gonna have to in a second (laughs) well okay i'm warming up i'm warming up okay and then my last one is kind of a a little a little bit of a, a breaking the rules, but um Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. So um these are girls who are close enough that they've chosen each other as sisters and I feel like that counts. Um absolutely. But it's a wonderful series that Julia has yet to read, even though Katie and I have tried to force it down her throat multiple times. Um <laughs> But the the dynamic between the four girls is just so supportive and loving, and just exactly how I feel about you guys. So,
1: yeah, yeah. I, the sisterhood of the traveling pants books, Megan, reminds me a little bit of you and your friends too, which I think is why you connect with it so well. You've had you've mm-hmm. had some friends that you've really had your whole life, pretty much. I mean, what, close to it, your whole. Young adult and adult life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's something that's pretty special.
2: Yeah. Shout out to Caitlin and Laura. Yeah. (laughs) Katie. Is it me? Okay. Yes. Um so like
1: I said, I was having a little bit of trouble with this this month's um
2: topic. Kind of because interesting because it was your idea, but
1: I know, but I thought I was gonna have more time. Um, you know, we, we've talked about a couple of books already, um, in previous episodes that I, I didn't want to kind of rehash things like, you know, we, we covered little women. Um, Megan, you covered, um, my sister's keeper, which I haven't read, so I wouldn't have brought that anyway. I'm just, uh, saying like, we've talked about some books with, with sisters in it already. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that came to mind for me, uh, two of them Kind of for the same reasons. One um, is a, is a much older book, and one is one that's much more current. But they both really, to me, capture what it's like to be in a sibling relationship as children. Um, you know, you you are so frustrated by your your sibling constantly, and there's that that tension that's always happening. Um, and it's interesting to look back on as an adult and. And see, you know how how we've gone from from that to like not being able to imagine our lives without each other. Um, mm-hmm. So the the books that I think really capture that that early part of sisterhood are uh, *Beezus* and *Ramona*. Damn it! Oh no, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's all should, I we brought. Sh- we should we should have cleared it with each other. <laughs> well, you can talk more about it because I don't really have any topics. I, I wasn't going to go into it. So if you were going to talk a little bit more about why you why you brought that. Definitely. You still should, but it it is that one. And um, sisters by Raina Telgemeier were the two that, that I thought both were, um, were very illustrative of, of that, that situation. Um, The other one I brought actually is breaking the rules too, because it's not even about sisters, but I kept trying to think of, as I was trying to think of the synopsis of Beezus and Ramona, I kept thinking of this story about the little and I I couldn't decide if it was from the story or not but from the little sibling swallowing the older sibling's turtle and I had to look it up because I was like I can't remember if this is from Bezus and Ramona or what this is from and it's totally not so it's it's a sibling story but it's one that stuck with me because it was super disturbing to read <laughs> as a kid. It's from um Superfudge by Judy Bloom, oh, which yeah. is the sequel to uh Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing, I think. And yeah, that, that story was just um kind of terrifying to read as a kid because the whole time I was like, Can this actually happen? Like what's <laughs> and, and I just I kept thinking about the turtle and like I don't know, it just creeped me out. Probably worse than Stephen King as a twelve-year-old. So, um, that 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 was the other one that I thought about as I was trying to come up with um, with books to to talk about and reminisce on. So, yeah, if anybody remembers that that story, that's what it's from. I couldn't put my finger on where it was from, but it's from Super. Fresh I definitely remember
2: that story too. But I feel like it it was part of it. Was it part of a chapter book or an anthology?
1: I think we had some kind of an anthology that had that chapter from the book in it so i don't think i've even read the whole book honestly i think i've read read that chapter from some sort of anthology i
2: I definitely remember mom reading that one to me multiple times
1: (laughs) all right anything else katie no that was it i'm excited to hear what you have to
0: say about pieces and ramona though well i was racking my brains for any sister books and I was very excited for Beezus and Rona because I don't think um, it's actually a series of eight books. The first one being published in 1955. Oh, wow. And the last yeah. one was published in 1999. Wow. Z- but who's huh. it by? Uh, Beverly Cleary.
2: And is she like an actual writer or is she that like a pen name? No,
0: she's an actual writer. Okay. Um, but yeah, and I have actually been listening to the, the Ramona audiobook collection. Um, I haven't gotten through all of them, but I've really been enjoying them and they're narrated by Stockard Channing, which is great. Um, Oh, cool, and I just have to say some like kind of like what Megan was saying before about hunger games. um I'm kind of in the unique situation that I can relate to the older Beezus and the younger Ramona, though if you asked our parents, they would probably say I'm more of a Ramona um, <laughs> but there are some. Specific instances, I've, I've made it through six of the books so far, and there are some specific instances that I can relate back to all three of us. Um, for instance, there's a part in one of the books that uh, Beezus is watching Ramona while her parents are out, and all of a sudden she realizes it's it's like really quiet. So she goes to look for Ramona and Ramona was playing hide and seek without telling Beezus. Oh um, so she's looking everywhere for her and then she finally finds her in the basement. And Ramona took with her to the basement a like, a whole box of apples. And <laughs> Beezus realizes that Ramona is taking one bite of each apple. Oh no. <laughs> I know draw- where this is going. And drawing it across I, the me room too. Because the first bite of apple <laughs> is the best bite. And there's like no comparing it to the rest of the apple. <laughs> and I almost burst out laughing because Megan did something very similar. I'm sorry. <laughs> and didn't... Okay, so we used well, to I, get... Well, no,
2: of course I didn't tell you guys about
0: it. <laughs> For years. <laughs> um, so we used to get... If I don't know how many people that are listening are Trader Joe's fans. But we used to get the white cheddar popcorn um, from Trader Joe's quite frequently. <laughs> and we never should have left Megan unsupervised with it. Because she would eat... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> just the fluffy part on well, top. Well, it's the best part. <laughs> I know, but I, you should have just thrown the the rest away. What did you do with it, Megan? I
2: put it back in the bag.
0: Because <laughs> it was
2: <laughs> still food, and I knew you guys ate that part. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> But given the opportunity, we also liked the white fluffy part.
2: Not mm. as much as me. That is... <laughs> but i don't like i really don't like popcorn i still don't because i don't like the kernel that gets stuck in your teeth but if there's just a bag of just the fluffy part that i would love
0: i know um (laughs) so and then should i should i keep going with the embarrassing stories sure (laughs) i mean
1: I'm sure there's one for me.
0: (laughs) Well, yours is more (laughs) embarrassing for mom. Um, But so so Ramona, there's like all these different food fads that keep happening at school. And Ramona, she's not always on top of them. But there was one that her mom let her do because it was something that they usually had in the (laughs) kitchen. (laughs) <laughs> um, so there was, the, all the kids were crazy for hard boiled eggs and her mom like boiled a bunch of hard boiled eggs at the beginning of the week so that she could have one for each day at lunch. And there were all these different methods that the kids would use to like crack the shell on the eggs so that they could get to the hard boiled egg. Um, and Ramona took the wham it against the table method. When she whammed it against the table, it was a raw egg and it exploded in her face and hair. And this made me think of when mom very lovingly made Katie a sandwich for lunch and put a piece of American (laughs) cheese on it. And Katie went to take a bite (laughs) and couldn't bite through the cheese because mom hadn't taken off the plastic wrapper. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: Mom. Yeah.
0: Um uh, Yeah. I
1: think in her defense, I don't think it was plastic wrapper. I think it was like the was it like you the, know the oh, okay. the wax paper in between slices. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like she just didn't unwrap <laughs> a slice of cheese. Like she just for, didn't realize that it was the wax paper was stuck to okay. the bottom of a slice okay, of good. cheese.
0: Um, and then, embarrassing for me. So Ramona gets really worked up about something. She feels like nobody's listening to her. She thinks everybody is just against her. So she stands up at the dinner table and is like, I'm going to say a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all like, okay, if it'll make you feel better, say it. So she says it and she goes, guts. <laughs> And they all laugh at her because it's not not really a bad word, um, but so which makes her even more angry. But I was in a battle of wills with mom one day. I don't even remember what we were fighting about, but I went and did <laughs> the work. worst thing I could possibly imagine. <laughs> And I went and drew a picture of my grandmother, which I I was pretty young, so it was a stick figure. And when I was finished with it, I took it to my mom. and I very stonily told her, this is a picture of Nana. She's naked. <laughs> and walked away. And I'm pretty sure mom laughed for the rest of the day. <laughs> but yeah no i'm really enjoying listening to these books um beverly cleary did a pretty amazing job of just, you, like you wouldn't know that the first one was 1955, 1955. Like, it whole it, it is yeah. it, it just holds up really well timeless um, yep she didn't mm-hmm. put any like tv references there's there's just there's really nothing um that would kind of date it. Um there's there's one part that Bezus wants a specific haircut of a specific uh ice skater, but she never names the ice skater, but uh-huh. you can kind of guess who she's talking about. Uh-huh. Um Dorothy Hamill. Yeah. Yeah. Dorothy Hamill I was gonna um, say, yeah. But the, she doesn't say her name. But that's really impressive to go from nineteen fifty five through the 70s and 80s and then almost the turn of the century and Mm -hmm. like you just wouldn't know it um do they stay the same age throughout the series or do they grow up no they're growing up um yeah they keep growing up they don't stay the same age um but yeah no I'm really enjoying it um and kind of like with the Nancy Drew books that they update the artwork with like kind of every generation they've also done that with re-releases of Ramona so the, I think there's been four different artists uh just to kind of keep that looking current and relevant to kids that are picking it up whenever they're reading it nice yeah I love so that, yeah. I highly recommend either reading them listening to them go out and get yourself some beeses and ramona and that's also a great movie adaptation that they made um, do it do it do it yeah the scene the guts scene is so adorable <laughs> yeah uh, and from what i remember the movie it's been it's been a while since i've watched it but they they have taken a lot of the the funny scenes and things that happen in throughout the, throughout the books and put it in there. Um, So they did a really good job tying the whole series together in one movie. And it's just a good sister film in general. Yep. I liked it here, here. All right. So why don't we take it on to what are we reading now? I have been reading a few things. The first one I've got is Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Season of the Witch, which is a prequel novel to the Netflix series by Sarah Reese Brennan. Thank you. (laughs) You can borrow it when I'm done. Um, I read a graphic novel called Fair Lady Volume 1 by Brian Shermer. And this one was interesting to me because it is basically a fantasy hmm. police procedural. And it kind of read it reads that way, kind of like a law and order SVU or something like that, um, which was fun. And I am listening to The Changeling, The Changeling by Victor Laval. And this one was recommended on podcast called "The Librarian Is In," which is a couple of New York Public Library workers that run that podcast, which is fun. So check them is out if the you're one, looking for new
1: podcasts. A movie, um, with Angelina Jolie.
0: No, it's a different one. And um, the librarian in that podcast gives a really good description of the book. I'm not even gonna try to match it she does she she brings in the history of it and everything so go listen to that podcast and then read the book and then also i just joined a facebook book club by two of my favorite instagram influencers who happen to be sisters they started a book club on facebook together and this month we're reading regretting i read that at the end of last year really really enjoyed it It's about, uh, I guess the two main characters are a mother and a daughter, and the mother had the daughter when she was senior in high school, I think. Right? And um, yeah, yeah, Yeah. they had just graduated, and um, there's an accident, and then the mother finds out some things, or she's trying to figure things out that her husband was doing that. Uh, she didn't know about and it's kind of everything's sounds, just yeah, feel kind of turning upside down
2: well but yeah yes no <laughs> and yes but mostly no okay
1: <laughs> sounds like a not so good with a semi-happy yeah. ending
2: uh it was a good one
0: yeah. i enjoyed it <laughs> and if you're interested in joining that um book club on facebook it is called the small nice. loves book club that's cute it's a play on both of their nice. blog names
1: so I, yep. since the last time we met, wrapped up the second um, novel in the trilogy of the magicians, uh, the one called The Magician King. And I enjoyed it even more than the first one. Um, I have to thank my friend Courtney again for lending it to me. Um, I have the the third one that I'll be starting up at some point. Um, but the, the second one was just had some very satisfying um, story arcs, uh, the way that they developed and the way that they Uh, resolved, um, just were were really well thought out and very unpredictable. Um, So I I really enjoyed reading through that. That was a journey. Um, And I also listened to uh, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah, which um, just kept popping up. It was was a uh, recommendation on Audible that kept popping up for me. And then my friend Courtney was talking about reading it when we were in our book club last month. Um, and then one of our other members of the book club recommended that it be listened to rather than read because Trevor Noah reads it. Um, and it's, it's really, really, really good. Um, I was struck by, you know, each of the chapters in the book is kind of its own story. Um, so you could almost jump in at any point and and read from wherever. Um, and he, although all the things that he's been through in his life could very easily come across as um you know sounding like i don't want to say a sob-, a sob story or a victim but it could it could have had a very a much more tragic tone than it did because of just there's some some very heavy stuff that he's been through in his life but the way that he he writes it and tells it is in in many ways uplifting um, and you can just sense the resilience, uh, the resiliency in his spirit. Um, and it's, it was just really good. I, I highly recommend it. Um, it's a great listen um, and or read. Um, in addition to that, I read two uh, graphic novels that were for our book club, which I didn't actually wind up getting to go to. Um, I got hung up at work, but um, we read Lazaretto and Giant Days. And, um, Lazaretto is great if you are not into escapism right now, and you want to read about an awful, gross pandemic that ha- that sweeps a college.
0: And the book came out in two thousand eight.
1: Book club long before we chose chose it before um, this year even started, so it just kind of happened to. We, we've uncannily yeah. chosen some books that have been very relevant to things that have been going on, um, but it was um, definitely not something that that I needed right now (laughs) so maybe when we're out of this I'll revisit it and see if I still feel the (laughs) same way but it was it was not um not helpful to my state of mind or being um but then giant days is one of my favorite um graphic novel series and I I was wondering Julia how you um how you enjoyed that because I know you read it as well the first volume
0: giant days was much easier to um yeah (laughs) it was also like right now
1: story it's um three girls that Um, wind up rooming nearby to each other and they just become fast friends in university and they all have very different personalities, but there's such an entourage together. Um, It's, it's really, really adorable and cute and funny and um, relatable. All of these things wrapped up in one. I really recommend that. I haven't actually finished the series yet and I'm looking forward to actually seeing how it all winds up. I think there's 12 volumes in total. Um, of that series. And it is, it is over now. So.
2: So my turn guys, guess what? What did you finish a book? I broke out of my reading. (gasps) Yay. Uh, Yay. me! I just realized I needed, like you said, kind of the issue with the graphic novel that was about the pandemic was because it wasn't escapism for you. Mm -hmm. I just realized that what I needed was escapism. And so I picked up, um, I, when the, on March 13th way back when we didn't know that school was going to be closed and we wouldn't be going back until I still don't know when we're going to be going back we're still in distance learning but on March 13th I brought a whole bucket of books home from my class library with the intent of reading them over you know the the two weeks that school was going to be closed obviously it's been closed for much longer but one of the thing one of the books Uh, actually brought the whole series um, was the selection series because the girls in my class had been talking about it for a couple years how much they loved it and um, so I brought the selection series home and it's dystopian it's a five book series I'm about halfway through the third one now Um, but I am really enjoying it I don't think either of you guys would like it uh but my favorite <laughs> description of it that i read on the back of one of them was that it's like it's like the hunger games without the blood sport mixed with the bachelor without the blood sport <laughs> <laughs> <I> yeah <laughs> um so essentially it's so dystopian so it's taking place in the future Um, after the way today's society is dismantled and changed. And essentially America has become a monarchy with a caste system. And the way they choose the prince's next or the prince's wife is like, they do a random selection of girls who apply and they choose 35 and they go and compete for his heart, essentially. So dystopian bachelor, essentially. (laughs) <laughs> um but it's been really great to just dive in and be able to read something quickly and also I guess escape what's going on in the real world right now. Mm-hmm. Um so my plan like mm-hmm. I said I'm about halfway through the third one and then I'll start the fourth one. I believe the fourth one shifts perspectives to a different character. Um so that'll be interesting. Um, so that's what I've got coming up. And then I also, speaking of Regretting You by Colleen Hoover, um, I actually got that in uh there's a subscription box for books called Once Upon a Book Club. Um I don't get the subscription anymore mm-hmm. because they were just coming they come once a month. Um and essentially what it is is you you get a book And randomly throughout the book, they will there will be a post-it note that says open gift number one. And you have like four or five wrapped gifts that you find gift number one and you open it and it coincides with something that's happening in the book at that time. It's a neat idea. It is a really neat idea. And they now do holiday themed boxes. So regretting you, I got I just get the holiday boxes because they're not a subscription based anymore. You just purchase the box and it's a one time thing. Um, But I usually, once this time of year comes around, I feel like treating myself. So I I do. (laughs) Um, Treat yourself. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) I got the Colleen Hoover one in the New Year's box last year. Um, And then I have, I just ordered the, well, I didn't just order, I pre-ordered it back in September, but the October themed box. So that should be coming soon. So I'll read whatever book happens to come in that. I believe it's a little mystery halloween themed mystery so yeah that's what i've got coming up
0: okay well i think that's gonna bring us to a close on our fourth chapter in sibling library and happy thanksgiving to everyone happy thanksgiving gobble gobble (laughs) (laughs) no and however your thanksgiving looks hopefully it is filled with family and friends and Food. love and food and whatever but uh yeah you're here okay until we see you next time let's read share and repeat bye. bye bye
2: that brings us to a
0: close on this chapter of sibling library thank you for listening until next time let's read share and repeat